to the Level Method Legion Chalk Talk. This is Scott Ramage, your host, and on this episode, we're talking with Sarah Giosi. Sarah is a uh, six-year gym owner with her husband, Jeff. She is a mother of two under two years old each. Crazy. She's a radio personality, and she's been to lunch with Andy Griffith. Actually, Andy Griffith took her to lunch, which is so cool. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, really, really exciting. I think the listeners sh- should know I was interviewing your husband and he's like, oh, I have a note from my wife. <laughs> and, and at the end of the interview, you pop in and you're like, I want to talk about and I'm like, oh, we have to have you on the podcast. So I'm really, <laughs> really excited. Um, and, and the fact that you're a radio personality first and foremost for all of our gym owners who rarely step outside of the gym world. Tell us about your career as a radio personality. Well, so what's interesting is my background, which is how I met Andy Griffith. And this is actually going to be relevant to why Level Method is so awesome. So I'll tell you my background is in theater and in particular musical theater. So using my voice and dancing, singing for my supper, that kind of a thing, which is how I met Andy because I worked for a theater company for a while where he had also gotten his start. And so he would come visit and yeah, so it was really fun. But I transitioned that career into a radio career sort of naturally because it all has to do with voice and it's still, you know, presenting and performing. And in particular, my background was in community work. So doing theater in such a way that impacts your community. How do you figure out the things that are not working in your community and then use the arts as a catalyst to help? And so, so it sort of naturally transitioned. And what's amazing about that is so much of that is applicable to our gym, certainly the way we run it. So we're Community Fitness of Morgantown. Our biggest program is CrossFit Morgantown. We used to just be CrossFit Morgantown, but honestly, Mm -hmm. we expanded our program so far reaching into the community that for years we had talked about changing our name and it finally just made sense to do it. So um, Cross Functional Fitness being our biggest program, but I have a background that is not traditional for most gym owners. And so I think that this is actually a big benefit when you're a gym owner and you're gathering your staff, rightfully so, usually what you do is you bring together a group of people that are already passionate and have an expertise in fitness. So I was coming in passionate and having an expertise in community and having no clue. Uh, having a dance background, I wasn't, you know, unfamiliar with being an athlete to some degree, but definitely I, I wasn't throwing barbells around. I did not know this terminology. And so it was really wonderful because I bring a perspective, not as an elite athlete or as someone with this background, I bring a perspective as an everyman. I bring the majority perspective. I bring the perspective of somebody coming in going, wow, this is really intimidating (laughs) or, you know, we've all heard the people that say, I don't want to do cross. I have to get into shape before I can do CrossFit. I was totally one of those people. And so it's nice because especially, and you have spoken to my husband, which side note, funny about him. The first time I took him to meet my parents, knowing I have the theater background, my mom said, I never thought you would 
be with someone who's more theatrical than you. (laughs) (laughs) He definitely is. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But he's got this background as an elite athlete. So he looks at things, you know, just really differently than I do. Mm-hmm. And level method, I think, and, and we'll talk about this. So, so you said, hey, Sarah, why don't you come on and, and talk about what you're passionate about? Yep. And I'll tell you, level method to me, I, I had to sort of sit and think about this and choose just a couple of things that I think it really hits the mark on, because I actually think it hits the mark on a lot. But I, for me, the three things that I think are, are most important is this non-athlete perspective and what it can do. Body image tool, which is huge. This is the thing I think I'm most passionate about. So I'll try to not get too riled up today for you. And then kind of marrying two of those things together a little bit, but it's seemingly tangential, but it's not, is postpartum. And again, me being a mother of two, um, just maybe postpartum is not even completely fair, but body transitions and how this is a tool for that. So, um, you know, when looking at this from a non-athlete perspective, again, I think particularly cross-functional fitness can be really intimidating to come into a space and you don't know the language, you don't know how to move a barbell. And what this does is it allows you to, in a safe environment, kind of figure out exactly where you are. And as a non-athlete, I just think that can be so huge because for for most of us a lot of these movements we may have never done in our life right but if we come in and we see a workout we're thinking okay well i'm supposed to be doing this i don't even know what that is you start to get into a place of safety issues certainly you get into a place of confidence issues and i think another confidence issue that can come up is not knowing how to modify and depending on how you at your gym have your coaching staff set up, it can be, or depending on the personality of just the athlete, it can be really difficult to have the guts to go to that coach and go, I don't have a clue what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Or I don't know. You're saying that, you know, the RX weight is a deadlift at 200 pounds. What should I do? And so from a really, from a business perspective, A, I think it can save a lot of time for modification uh, whenever it comes to one-on-one coaching within a group setting, because that coach doesn't have to sit there with every single person and help them figure out what the appropriate modification or, or scaling is for them. And I think that's huge because if you're doing this right, each person should probably be doing a workout that looks a little different. Yeah. And so if you were to take a group setting, Let's say you have 15 people in your class and you take time with every single one of them to tell them what their modifications should be. There's your class. It's already done. So this is a tool for time management, but also keeping people safe and helping meet them where they are. And then honestly, from a business perspective, I, I don't know if Jeff's ever really, uh, so Jeff doesn't deal with the money too much. That's me. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if he ever told you this, but when he first brought this whole idea up, because I'll I'll also say this is a little bit, it's radical thinking. I know it, but we are one of the rare businesses we fully run with no credit. So we are, if we want to buy something, we either have to bring in that many members per month to pay for it, or we have to find ways to save money somewhere else in the budget, but we do not have any loans. 
and we have one credit card that we pay off every single month in full. And this is just, this is how we run the business. And again, I know that for most that's sort of non-traditional and it meant really building up from nothing yeah. to where we are now. We've got 180 members now. We've got a huge, our space is, you know, 12,000 square feet and yeah. Yeah. So we've done it. You can do it. Um, but for me, level method wasn't something where it was like, ah, let's just try it. Just put it on the credit card, charge it. You know, it's something that we really had to do our homework on, buy into, and I gave them a period. I said, look, we're going to try this out for a few months and see if the value is worth it. Yeah. And I'm cheap. I'll just use the word. I'm cheap because at the end of the day, that is money that because we're not using credit, that is directly coming out of somewhere else. Or we had to, you know, put that much extra work into getting more members. Right. And I feel at this point, because we've been with you guys now, how long? A year? About a year. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I the, the trial, by the way, was only three months, <laughs> which is probably not even a fair amount of time. That's okay. But, I get it. Yeah. But we have stuck with it and will stick with it because I think it's such a valuable tool. Financially speaking, I think it offsets the cost. Because if you do it right, and I guess that's the big caveat here, if you do it right, you are able to use this as a tool that can save your business money. It can definitely save your business injury or lost membership from injury. And I think if you really do it right and you message it and you frame it correctly, it is such an amazing community builder and such an amazing tool for retention. So again, as a non-athlete, it helps me the way we do, we do all of our programming in-house. It's all created by my husband and that's his background. So I know not everybody does that. And I, and you guys have your own programming. Yep. Yep. Um, and so we, this is something we are very fortunate to have him, but what we're able to do is every single day with his write-ups, which I think you've seen, they're pretty, they're pretty intensive. I use them as examples actually. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Every single day I can come in and go, okay, I'm, you know, whatever color and running. So this is how I modify this workout. I don't have to ask the coach. I can come in mentally prepared. I can know what I'm doing. And it is such a great tool for me to feel confident going into that workout, not feeling like I'm looking at just some blank RX workout going, I could never, I can't do right. one. I can't do, you know, two miles and 10 rope climbs or whatever it is, nine rope climbs. And so it would be so intimidating that way, but this way I'm going, Oh, okay, I'm going to run 200 meters. I'm going to do ring rows, whatever it is. Right. Um, so in that way, I think it is just such a valuable tool from a business perspective, but also as the athlete. Again, I'm not coming in elite. I'm coming in with the other side of the experience and I just, I love it. And it makes me feel so much better. I'm not also bugging or taking up time in the class, which can also make you really self conscious and sometimes people won't ask questions about how to modify because they don't want to be you know, embarrassing. Yeah. 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 So yes. that's, that's one of the big ones there. So let me ask a few questions based on that. Yeah. Number one, um, first of all, the statement, you know, you're not a, you're not an athlete. You're not coming in as an elite athlete or whatever. Well, the reality is, is 95% of the members in every gym in the United States is not right. either. And I think, I think a lot of owners lose, lose focus that really quick. And then they realize it later on. And that's a real win for the business when they figure that out, because, um, 
they are different. That's why they created the gym. You know, they're, they're Jeff's they they have this, um, Jeff just happens to be an incredible communicator, but, um, you talked about one thing that I want to touch about is you said, um, about saving the coaches time because they're not running around. I mean, you literally, I, re- I remember the days doing these workouts, I'd have RX and RX plus and scaled and we had all these stupid names, right? And people are like, what do I do? And as a coach, I was running person to person, making sure they're doing all the things right. Well, one of the things that people actually say when they first start level method is, well, it kind of ruins my job as a coach. So I want to kind of revisit that from your perspective as an owner, because I, I disagree. I disagree. I, I, I have my own opinion. But what, what do you say to that from your perspective? I don't even, I don't even understand the statement. Yeah, they, they think, well, they spend so much time scaling. They ensue, they're like, that's my job is finding people the right weights to, to use and the right movements. Oh, well, that's not coaching. <laughs> I that love it. You being, said what I wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. that's not coaching. That's not right. what coaching is. I, I don't think. I don't think no. that's. And that's from, a again, a perspective of the athlete that's coming in as an everyday athlete. Right. I don't. To me, if you are putting something up on a whiteboard and then spending all of your time just telling people exactly what amount of weight to put up. First of all, and this will kind of go into the body image side. I really think where a lot of gyms or, or people who have this background in fitness or, or honestly just American society as a whole, we miss the mark with fitness. And the mark that we're missing is intuitive fitness, intuitive movement. And so you as a coach, frankly, to some degree, it's none of your business what amount of weight a person puts on that bar unless it's clearly breaking down movement technique getting them into an injury place because i may be an rx athlete i may be able to do that workout that has a 300 pound deadlift but if i'm checking in and i'm connected with my body and i go you know what today i should not be doing that weight, or today i'm going up 10 or that should be intuitive right and so i think we're really prescribing for each person this specific, hey, put five pounds on each side. Or uh, That to me doesn't, that's not what coaching is. Right. It's certainly not, not only can you not speak to how that person feels, how that weight feels, what they've been through that day. You know, when we're looking at fitness from the lens of holistic health and wellness, which we should absolutely be doing, there is so much that comes into play into a workout. That mental health, that emotional health, you can't ignore that. So just looking at somebody and saying, hey, here's the weight that should be on a bar. That I I feel terrible for people that think that's coaching. Because where I believe the coaching comes in is maybe making recommendations after you see somebody moving and going, don't feel like that's going to be the right wait for you today. Let's really, let's really readdress this and doing it in a way that's framing it where you can help remove ego and make it about feeling great. Yeah. Um, and not getting injured. And then also actually coaching movement, talking about technique, talking about how to move your body, the mechanics of our bodies. So often I think people just want to go in and, and sling weight around. That doesn't make sense. And this goes back to, I mentioned, so, so the, the, I have sort of three things. Um, going into the body image side of it, I really, again, going into intuitive exercise and holistic health, fitness should be fun. This should be something 
that we look at, and, and again, those statistics about the majority of people are everyday people. These are not people who are making a career of working out. Right. And sadly, very sadly, I think the reason most people, and, and this is absolutely hugely true for men, but I'm going to talk about it from a female perspective right now, just because I am. <laughs> um, we so often put exercise as a, as a piece of the puzzle specifically as a form of diet or a form of losing weight or a form of attaining this ideal body image. And as a, as a culture, as a society, there is, there is an ideal body image out there. And, you know, talking about it from a female perspective, we have a thin ideal but we also, thank you, Kim Kardashian, Kardashian, we also want to see, you know, curves with the thin ideal. And there's this picture that comes to mind. And that's when, as a gym owner, you often hear people when you're bringing them in and you're introing them and you're talking to them about goals. So often it's, I want to lose weight. Or I want to tone up but not bulk up. Or you hear these things, right? Yeah. And it is, I would argue, 99.99% of the time. It is based on somebody trying to achieve a body ideal and not a connection to what is actually best for their body. And, and I think that level method is good for this because sort of as a people, as a whole, we have so much mixed messaging and we have so much disconnection to our body. So I, and you don't have to forgive me, I do a course and, and the course is called Stop Dieting and Feel Great Doing It. And I, uh, I have an, it's starting up again in October here. So I've been reviewing some of my stuff. So I'm probably extra passionate today because I've just been reviewing some of my things. Yeah, and getting it's all really worked good. Up again. Yeah. Um, but we, we have become so disconnected from our bodies and our bodies are these, oh my gosh, it's this amazing divine thing, right? And it is this mechanism. And, and I think about, certainly I think about it with pregnancy, you know, what your body, you know, within the first days and weeks of pregnancy, you, your body starts immediately undergoing these changes and you don't even know it's happening. It just happens naturally. It's just built to do it. And, you know, even outside of that, I, I use this as an example sometimes with people your body is so smart. It knows what your body temperature should be. And when you start to overheat, instead of making you have to intellectually think about it and take a stop and take a break and grab your water, it starts to sweat. And it goes, I'll just solve this problem for you because I'm smart. Right. It's this amazing smart machine. And all of these pieces work together. So often we want to compartmentalize our, our holistic health, but all of these pieces work together. And so when you're someone that's coming in and you're going, I want to lose weight and you're seeing, oh my God, you're looking at advertisements and every other commercial is a diet commercial. And then every other commercial is a food commercial. Right. And you're supposed to be this thin ideal, but you're also supposed to post pictures of all the food you eat, but don't actually consume those calories. Just post pictures of it and then throw it away. Cause you're not supposed to be, you know, right. <laughs> looking a certain way. It's this like complete contradiction in our society and it's confusing. And the reason it's so confusing is because we're not just connecting with what's going to make us feel great. And so, and I'll use, you know, Tia, Tia Toomey as an example. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I may say, well, I want to look like Tia Toomey. 
well, I don't have her DNA. I don't have her genetics. I don't have her lifestyle. I don't have her background. I don't. So to come in and say, I want to look like Tia Toomey, you know, I, I would, it, that doesn't make any type of sense, but it happens right. all the time. And so what I think level method allows us to do is come in, get assessed, connect with our body. Where are we really? And if you're coming in going, I want to look like, like Tia Toomey. And what did she front squat this? Like, it was like 315 or something was her front <laughs> yeah, squat. And right. she weighs 128 pounds or something. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's nonsense. And so if you come in and you're like, well, that's what she lifted. So this workout that's supposed that took her four minutes, I'm going to take four hours to do because I'm going to do it so that I can look like her. I'll do it at her weights. It doesn't make sense. And that's also, that's how you get hurt. It's how you totally kill your confidence. It's how you rob yourself of the joy of movement because you're after a body ideal and not after what's actually going to make you feel good and be better. And so by assessing with level method, you see where you are and then you are allowed to start really scaling, really modifying. You can certainly build toward goals, but you can also do it in a way that's safe, in a way that's really you know, about building you up wherever yeah. you are. And I think one of the beautiful things from body image, you know, with this thin ideal, I'll just, and this isn't necessarily true, but I'm going to make some things up. You know, with a thin ideal, we assume that people that are in this thin ideal, we assume that they're healthy. Right. That is not necessarily true at all. Yeah. And with with level method, you may have somebody that kind of meets, and again, this is just made up, but you may have somebody that meets this thin ideal that comes in and maybe they're black level running, but then you look at their weightlifting and it's way down there. You know, maybe it's white, it's yellow, it's wherever they are, which is a beautiful thing. Wherever you are is beautiful. And so what's amazing is you may have somebody that is in a body that is larger or that we may have in, in normal society, people may look at and not think is a healthy body or that person may have their whole life been told they'll never be an athlete because they're a certain size or they're not healthy because they're a certain size or, and now you look at it and a lot of times looking at the domains of fitness, looking at what their body's able to do, they may not be that, you know, black running or rowing or something, but they may be overall a higher color than that thin ideal. Yeah. Not necessarily, but you know, just because there are all of these other strengths. And so it allows you to celebrate. It allows you to celebrate different body types, different strengths. And I, this is one of the things I love about cross-functional fitness as a whole. You can look around that room and you can have really incredible athletes that are incredible in different workouts. They may get crushed in one, but the next day they are superior. Right. Or you can have people that are just such radically different body types, but in a workout that is, I don't know why I keep using this example, but that is 400 pound deadlifts and then running two miles, they may be able to crush one half of that where, you know, it's just, it's this exciting thing where it celebrates where you are. And I think that it can, for people who have, maybe been discouraged their whole life because of these ideals, it allows you to go, wow, look at where I am. And, you know, these things that have sort of been discouraged yeah. in me 
can actually be amazing strengths. And so rarely do we celebrate that. Right. And level method, I think, literally gives you this color <laughs> that allows you to do that. So to me, I just think, I think it can be a really beautiful tool for celebrating various shapes, various bodies, and, and sort of helping us to reject this thing we're fed all the time of, you have to be a certain size, you have to be a certain shape. Well, for what goal? So that I can look like what? For who? You know, it's, um, it's actually a bit maddening whenever you intellectually start to break it down. <laughs> and again, when you get new athletes coming into your space as a coach or an owner or, or and they're coming in saying, well, I want to look like Tia. Um, I also think level method is a tool for helping develop a better sense of just owning you and connecting with you and connecting with your body because you may be a superior athlete in certain areas and, and how exciting is that? And that may not be where Tia is. And it's something that you can kind of look at from your own body and connectiveness. And I right. just think it helps with intuitive exercise. And I don't think we talk about intuitive exercise enough. Now, so, uh, man, there's so much to unwrap here. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And, and I think one thing that um, I want to ask is pre-level method. I mean, one thing I have noticed about you and your husband is just through observation, I may be a little off, is you have a very good, uh, you're very good at connecting and communicating with your members. So there's a very, there's a very good communication going on. So, I've no, um, and being a debt-free business, being a cash operating business is a testament to that because you can't do that without making serious connections with your members and for them really understand. You can't grow to 180 members if you don't have that higher level of connection, that higher level of personal attention, um, how, because I know that was there before level method and it's still there. How do you, how do you, what has level method then done? You know, I, we, we just got done hearing you talk about this body ideals and the connection. What, what is, what is the change that's occurred in the gym as, as a result of level method? Is it, being able to speak to that body, that body image in a more tangible reason way, or, or what is the, what is it? What is the thing for you guys that really makes a difference? I think there's a couple of things. One, again, I'll give you the, um, coming in without a background in this perspective and just being an everyday athlete, you know, a lot of people, and they, they may not even know that there's a name for it or may not even realize and, or maybe just have it mildly, but a lot of people have some, some body dysmorphia issues or some real confusion. Again, it's lack of connectedness, some yeah. real confusion about where your body is and what it can do. And so, you know, I was kind of talking about it from the point of view of, of safety because people maybe will put too much weight on the bar or let's talk about it from the opposite. And I think we especially see this with women. They underestimate their abilities. Oh, and good. I feel like me personally, what is so interesting is that pre-level method, I would come in, I would see that workout RX and, and we always provided also sort of a general scaled, here's what your sort of scaled idea is. But again, you would modify however makes your body feel best. And um, I, I would just sort of choose weight that I assumed 
was the best weight for me. And what's amazing is that with level method, I saw such a huge jump from the first assessment to the second assessment because I had for years not been doing the weight I should be doing. I was way under. I was way stronger than I ever gave myself credit for. I had no idea I could do half the stuff I could do. I never even tried because I assumed, well, I've never done this. I don't have a background in, in, you know, barbell work and I've never lifted a kettlebell prior to this class, you know? And so I just assumed I couldn't do it. Or even if I have great confidence and I thought, oh, I'll try it. Or I, I tried it at levels that were so beneath me. Right. And now it is so wild because I can actually use modifications and I'm getting stronger and I'm seeing better changes. If people have, have, you know, goals where they want to make some really positive changes in their body. And I'm seeing that better now than I ever had because I'm using weights that actually meet my strength level that I just assumed weren't there. So I really think it's a tool in that way that we, again, we couldn't have really done one, unless you're doing personal coaching, right? you can't do that in a group setting. And with personal coaching, I don't want to knock it because I think there's a place for it. And um, I think that personal coaching could be added. It, frankly, we don't do much one-on-one coaching. Um, I think that there's a place where that can be added in, but I think that it's ideal. Personally, I would think it would be ideal for me in conjunction with the group classes. Because again, looking at holistic health, there is the accountability, there's the social aspect, there's the mental health side that comes with these group classes. That's why, that's why community is so important. So unless you're doing one-on-one coaching, I don't know how you could ever do this with your athletes and help them figure out where they are and where they should actually be. And therefore how to grow to their greatest ability without doing some sort of an assessment like this. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I remember, um, when I, when I ran my affiliate, when I would coach, I would be discouraged very quite, quite frequently because I had women who would come in and it was like, I was always trying them, trying to encourage them to step it up a little bit. Like I know I've, I see your form. I see what you're doing. You need to trust me. And they, and there was a disconnect and, and I felt like I had very good rapport with most of our members, but there still was a dis where they didn't believe in themselves. They, they didn't believe in their capabilities. I, if man, if I would have had this tool, I'd been like, wait, what level are you now? Oh, you're blue. Oh, okay. So what are you telling me? You tell me you're not blue today, which sometimes is okay. I mean, you, yeah. you talked yeah. about that earlier is having an understanding of your body, but it's also knowing that it's almost, it's giving people validation for, you know, and, and that, that comfort of, okay, yes, that is where I'm at and I, I can do that. And so that's really cool. And I love the story about how you've progressed and have gotten stronger out as a result of that. Do you feel that, um, do you feel that's holistically almost with most of the women in the gym that they, they're seeing a better um, connection with what they can do and how they perform? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. I, I can tell you. So I'm, I'm a loyalist to one of the, I, the 1130 class. You're always in the same class. Yeah. <laughs> which is funny because we are interviewing this at 1130. I know you're so missing. I've had so many messages pop through. I keep worrying it's going to mess up our feed because nope. where are you? Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's, um, 
I've definitely seen that. And I think that it also removes some of that fear. So again, going back to this, this ideal body image, I think a lot of times women are fearful of lifting a lot of weight because they have this fear that if I do, I will get big. Yes. You know what I mean? It's, I will get bulky. And so, um, we, you know, it kind of goes back to the old 1990s or maybe late eighties where, where it was really that thing that was like, do smaller weights, but lots of reps. Tons of and, reps. and so people still have this idea of like, I should do long workouts, but at a lightweight and that's how I'll tone. And, you know, not taking into account, again, so, 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 so many factors on how to actually uh, make your body the best your body can be. Um, and so I think, yeah, level method is just a, a tool for that and removing that fear a little bit because you go through the assessment. You can still choose after the assessment if you want to try a different way, go up, go down. You know, you can choose and play with it. But it immediately removes this, this concept of, well, I could never do that. Or right. I should be fearful of that weight because you already know you can do it. Once you remove that barrier, it's amazing what can happen. Yeah. And I also think, and, and this is something, whenever it comes to how to do this right, um, I really think, though, you have to go into this all in. And yes, building hype is huge. That is a huge piece of the value to this. You can build hype. Another huge piece to the value of this is you have got to message this in a way that is about celebrating everybody where they are. It is about celebrating personal accomplishments. And that is not to take away from red, but you're going to have some athletes that will never be red in anything. Right. And so how do you use this as a way to actually just really celebrate where they were versus where they are or how to look at this to really meet them? Because again, your average person, they might get a red here and there, or maybe even get quite a few surprisingly, you know? Um, but we ha you're going to have people that are just at such different places in life and may never reach a red. And what an amazing tool though, if messaged correctly to help encourage them and inspire them and help them to grow in a really healthy way and not a, well, I'll never be an RX athlete. I'll never be a red athlete. So why am I even bothering? Right. And if you hear that question or you hear that message, why, why even bother if I'm never going to be red? I, I hate to be so blunt about it, but you're not doing it right. Right. Um, and so because I know we're going to run short on time, I do want to hit this too. I think in regards to kind of marrying all of this together, whether it be connectedness of body, which is so important, intuitive exercise, which is so important, and then body image. I can tell you personally, whenever it came to body transitions, level method was a pretty cool tool. So for me, I'm talking specifically about pregnancy and postpartum. There are lots of times when people are going to have body transitions. I, frankly, I think COVID-19 is a great example. A, yeah, absolutely. You may have had people that for months sat at home, you know? And so yeah. this is, instead of getting heartbroken or having this like real ego issue where you're, you're going, oh, I'm not what I used to be. Or again, framing this and messaging this in a way that allows you to reassess and reevaluate where you are so that you can get better is huge. But I also think your gym culture is going to have to embrace, and I think Level Method does this, um, but your gym culture has to do this too. You have to embrace 
exercise, fitness, moving your body as something that is joyful and something that is long term. You've got to have the long view because if you are doing this because, well, I want to lose 10 pounds. If somebody comes in and their goal is to lose 10 pounds, then I would really work with them on their why. And I would really work with them on what that means. And, and, and because what happens once they lose 10 pounds, are they going to quit your gym? You don't want that. And it's not, how is that benefiting them? This is a lifelong thing we're doing here. And Again, so often I think fitness is looked at as, well, I ate that pizza last night, so I better go to the gym. And it's a punishment. Right. It is this way of, of atoning for a food sin or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so by using something like level method, I think you can help keep that long view, which frankly should be a member retention tool if you're doing it right. You should be able to keep that long view and make fitness and movement of body and intuitive exercise about that, about what makes me feel best. It is not about coming in and going, well, for two months I was stuck at home and now I can't front squat, you know, whatever anymore. And so now I'm worthless. And it comes to this place of, you know, just a lack of self-compassion and and, and self-loathing. Instead of coming from that, framing this as a tool for life happens, you're going to have a baby sometimes, you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And your body transitioned. And so let's use this as a great way of figuring out where we are now. And sometimes you're going to take steps backwards. Hopefully we can keep you in a place where you're not, but there's going to be things because holistic health plays a role. Stress, depression, sleep, you know, there's all of these things. And so with postpartum for me, it was a really great tool in that. And it was a really great tool for helping me reconnect, you know, what your body goes through, the trauma your body goes through. And I won't give you my sob story, but I had really, really difficult pregnancies and deliveries um, to the point that I almost did not make it out of my second delivery and we cannot have any more children. Like it was bad. Yeah. And I left that second delivery so physically, I think part of it, you almost feel for me, I felt um, almost betrayed by my body, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> um, because it, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. And um, I felt like it was against me in a lot of ways. And with postpartum, you know, we do talk more and more now about postpartum depression And that's awesome. We need to be talking about it. But there's also postpartum anxiety and there's also postpartum, there's these other pieces. And I just think a huge piece of it that we don't talk about is postpartum disconnection, disconnection from self, disconnection from your body and using this as a tool to reconnect and go, oh, wow. Okay. I, this movement isn't happening anymore. I'll tell you, I find it, and and this is not me downing myself or I'm going to work on it but I find it difficult to believe anytime in the near future, I will ever get a knees to elbows. It's just, I, I have been filleted open twice in three years, you know, to have these babies because I had have a C-section both times. I physically, like, I can't do it. And it's not going to happen. And, and that's okay. That is totally okay. Now it does bring down my overall color. And so I can see how ego can pop in for people because I experience it where you go, Oh, come on. You know, I'm only this color because of this one thing. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But it also though, completely helped me in a postpartum way to go, wow, okay, I can still do this. These are areas where, where things just feel different now. And I need to reassess that. And also to look at it and go, Holy cow. 
Look at everything my body did. Look at everything my body can do. And let's, again, really sort of revel in these, we're so hard on our bodies. We're so hard on our bodies all the time. And this goes back to body image and ideals. And we are constantly looking at all the things our bodies can't do. And I think with level method, whether that be postpartum or maybe you are going through menopause, I'll look at it a lot from women's health, but you know, for men, it, oh my gosh, there's all sorts of things that could be going on where your body's transitioning. Yeah, no, I, yeah. And it just allows you to reconnect and go, wow, let's accept this beautiful divine mechanism that we have and go, holy cow, look at everything I can do instead of look at everything I can't do or look at everything I'm not or look at the size I'm not or, right. you know, right. I think, I think a lot of people, this is a really good talk because I, I really like how you're tying it to postpartum and women image image is you know, self image for women like m- myself, I'm 47. So I'm, I'm seeing a decline in my health. Um, you know, definitely testosterone levels have probably lowered, um, you got all these things going on and I've seen a decline and, and there's a lot of the movements. Like, I don't really care if I'm ever a black again or right. will be, but, <laughs> right. um, but on the other hand, like I, I was pulling a deadlift the other day and I leveled up, I was by myself and I was ecstatic. I'm like, I just got a PR. I'm seeing other areas where I'm either staying put or backing up a little bit. So there's an age related thing that goes on here. But what's really cool is the fact that I'm still able to celebrate because I'm seeing other areas where the strengths are still staying. So I think even from a place of moving backwards, there's real power in it. That's my personal story. And it sounds like you're saying the same thing. Absolutely. Absolute power in that. It allows you to say, okay, so for example, I did one of the assessments and I was about five months postpartum. Yeah. So obviously there's a lot I couldn't do or or wasn't where I was previously. And, And so it also allowed me then when we did it, even just, you know, eight months later, that eight months. Holy cow. Whereas I could have gotten into a place during that eight months where I just, I really think I could have gotten into a place where I felt so down about my body because things do change. You guys like, I've got stretch marks in places I didn't anticipate. I've got, mm-hmm. you know, I always say, you know, it's like my, my belly button's frowning now just like, <laughs> sad now because the skin's different and, and that's, fine because I am now doing things in the gym. I never could have done. I'm doing things. I'm 33 and I'm doing things that I did not do in my twenties. There's no way I did these in my twenties. And so even if I moved backwards in some areas, it also allowed me then when I assessed again, after that, that backwards, that backslide a little bit, it allowed me to reassess and rebuild confidence in a whole new way of like, look at what happened in eight months. Holy cow. And And yes, mentally and emotionally to look at it as a way of just rejoicing and also as a way of rejoicing for other people. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, sorry, there's a fly and it keeps, I think, hitting all of this uh, uh, camera stuff, but awesome. (laughs) I know, I know. Sorry. Um, To look at somebody else and go, I have been, again, my 1130 class, right? 
to be able to look at some of my people and say, I've been in this with you for a while now. And I remember when you were this color and now look at you in this color, that is so cool. And in some ways, you know, I may never get red level, but if one of my pals in 1130 does, that's my victory. Yeah, I've been a part of that. I've been out there sweating with them and crying with them and you know, all of those things. I'm the one yelling for them and encouraging them. And it plays a role. And so it's, I get to share in that victory. And, and I just think, wow, that is so cool. But again, it's all about how you frame it. It's all about how you message it. Because if you don't frame it right, it could be an absolutely devastating tool. You've got to, as a gym owner, own this thing and do it right. Because it could be a tool where you have people that have ego problems uh, because that's the culture you've built or um, that see that backslide. And instead of saying, hey, I'm postpartum, let me accept where I'm at. Let me use this as the right tool that go into a dark place about it. Right. And again, this is where I would argue back to your question eons ago about um, coaching and well, but this is taking away from the coaching. No, no, no. This is giving you such an opportunity to coach people on such a deeper better level, but here's what it is going to do. If you don't have real coaches, it's going to show that. Yeah. Because if what you spent your hour doing was giving people a modification that by the way, you don't know anything about what their body's feeling They're You're not in their skin. So if if you're spending your whole time doing that and not actually coaching, this is going to highlight that. This is going to highlight that you need real coaches. Yeah, it's a, it is. It's a good coach evaluation tool. I want to jump back to where you talked about like this could actually work against you. And the way I see that is what I've seen with some folks is they're inconsistent with their celebrations. And this is another thing like if if you celebrate only reds or you celebrate reds every time they happen, but when someone levels up from yellow to orange and you forget it once, it's it's devastating. It's absolutely catatonic to what you're trying to achieve. So consistency is huge. Having a system in place is huge. Um, And then I love what you said about other people's wins that you actually feel your people's levels. Since there's a personal point of other people leveling up. And that's another part of that community building that level method brings because you can go ring the PR bell. And that was, that's always been cool. Ring the PR bell, but it's always a little, um, theorical. It's kind of like, it's, is it really, did it really, did I just really PR? Now we have this tangible objective tool that says, yes, you have this app tells you so, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I probably rang the, the, the deadlift PR five times for deadlifts that were above and below where they were before. Cause I forget. And I'm like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Right. Right. right? Yeah. 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 But I do, I love that point that you made about feeling other people's um, success as well. And, and I think that's, that's huge. Um, so here's, I want to kind of wrap up on this because I think somebody could be listening to me like, I don't have a Sarah in my gym. Like I don't, and I don't know how to connect at that point or, or, or how do I relate to women postpartum and they're going through these body identification things. So um, I don't I don't know really how to frame this question other than what do they look for in somebody if they're looking for a coach or somebody kind of fulfill a niche that they can't they're not quite grabbing. That's a tough one, I know, but it is. Um, well, and again, I, I will say 
I think a lot of times you attract what you put out. So I'll tell you, I can't even begin to count the number of women we have that are prenatal or postpartum just because we, we, I hate to say we specialize in that, but, but we have a community for that. And so we have a lot of that. Um, you are going to attract what you kind of put into it. And so the same is true if you want to attract, if you have a certain target demographic that you're not hitting that you want to, then I would start by getting a couple of them. You know, do something, whether it be on staff, doing some sort of a recruitment, doing some sort of an ambassador program. I don't know, I'm making this up. Um, it sounds good. You shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Um, you know, where you're getting people. Okay. So if you want to start going into the world of postpartum fitness, then maybe you get, or, or even let's, let's say prenatal, you want to get some people in there that are pregnant, get an OBGYN to come into your space, get, you know, like start to find partnerships. I just so often, oh man, I don't want to go on another tangent for you here. We don't have to duplicate services. I think so often we feel like, um, and I think, again, this is sort of societal, we want credit for things. And so we want to be the one who created it, or we want to be the one who came up with the idea, or we want to be, and maybe this is that arts background where it's not about, you know, collaboration is so huge and it's not about being the one with the best idea. It's about being the one that hears the best idea and executes it. Yeah. And so if you can bring people to the table and collaborate and find partners, there are so many untapped resources in your community and finding them and talking to them and getting to know them. And, um, you know, if, if you are an elite athlete and you want to start working with everyday people, I mean, some of these things are real basic, like do some member surveys, do some one-on-one -on -one coffee chats where you're finding it or your zoom chats, whatever, wherever you are, um, where you're, really delving into what has your experience been? What is it through the lens of someone coming in for the first time? I would also take your own classes. If you have a staff that is never fitnessing during class time in your gym because they're an elite athlete and so they've got some sort of special separate programming that they're doing and you, you take your own classes. What is that experience? Not only then can you peer review each other as coaches, but you can see the experience from the moment you walk in that door. And this is the other, oh, sorry. This is the other thing. Cause I know we're close on time. So often we look at the member experience from the point of view of that workout. Yeah. What you're forgetting is that that, that experience begins from the moment they first maybe visit your website or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, and your, what is your front desk situation? Then they come in. What is their intro situation? What is the experience of being in that classroom? What's the parking lot like? What's the bathroom like? You know, we, we so often it's, it's like, it's the roles that are the least paid. A lot of times I think about this for, um, again, I'll, I'll apply theater. Okay. So, so you go into a theater and it's the ushers that are usually volunteers doing it for free tickets, or it's the people working the box office or the custodians. And it's these people that we tend to pay less or pay less attention to that have the most interaction with the patrons. They're the first contact. Yeah. The absolute. And, and they are the ones that may be making or breaking your experience. So you can have the CEO highest paid, highest level, but if they're not the one they're interacting with the person, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So I think with level method and in regards to like finding that target demographic and understanding what that experience is, you should go through it yourself. Here's the other thing. If your coaching staff or you yourself have not gone through it, what are you doing? You shouldn't be doing this.
you've got to go through it yourself. And you know what? That's hard for a lot of owners or people that sort of consider themselves elite athletes because there might be that one week because we've all got weaknesses, right? There might be that one weakness that takes this, oh, well, I'm an elite level. I always are X, but they can't do that. Let's say their mobility's off or something that may put them at blue level. And God forbid, God you forbid. Elite athlete at blue level. So we, <laughs> you know, you may have a coach that doesn't want to do this, that isn't comfortable with it because of ego. Mm-hmm. But guess what? That is how you know what the experience is for the person. Now you have this empathy because you go, hey, I get it. We have one coach. He is so good. But he is what I would not consider, you know, he, per his language, not mine. He doesn't have what he would consider an ideal male body image. He is on, uh, he's thinner. And he is an incredible athlete. But some of these things with, with, weightlifting, he's just not going to get there. Right. Do you know how beautiful it is that he can look at some of our athletes and go, yeah, I'm orange, whatever. Yeah. Because they see him killing it. I'm orange, whatever. And, and that just makes like, oh, that connection all, is so different. It is a different connection. And it's something that I've pointed out to gyms from the start. Like if you have a coach that's upset about their level because it's lower than they think they should, instead of hiding from it, they should, every class they talk to, they should be saying, saying I'm yellow because I can't double under. And I mean, you guys know I can lift a lot of weight. I can move a lot of things around. I'm fast, but we all have weaknesses. And it was like, that's the way to connect. That is the, that's the, that's what takes a, a, a coach that's fit to a coach that's good really, that can connect with members. It's also, and, and I know we have to go, so this is my last thing. It's also the difference in your coaching staff being coaches versus being athletes who coach. Yeah. There's a huge difference. And, and if they cannot disconnect from being the athlete, by the way, I, I just, I feel really strongly about this. You should have people on your coaching staff that want to be coaches. That's what they want to do. They live and breathe being coaches. They didn't become a coach because they wanted to be an athlete. They didn't become a coach because they wanted to just be in the gym or have a free membership. Or if you have that, you do not have a coaching staff. You have some volunteers or some people that you're paying that are athletes and coaching is such a skill and you have to be able to check that ego because frankly, if you're an athlete only all the time, you are not going to be looking at this from how you can absolutely help people. The goal should be to make people better than you. Right. The goal should be to make people just crush you, right? Right. Absolutely. And so if you're so worried about that color and you're so worried about being a red athlete, some of the best coaches in the world, look at, look, I'll use West Virginia University as an example. Bob Huggins is the basketball coach. Come on now. <laughs> and he may have been a great player back in the day. Right. Can be a great coach now, but that doesn't mean he should be out there trying. I don't think he can walk from one end of the court to the right. other right now, you know? Right. Yeah. That isn't what makes you a good coach. And people confuse this in this realm, specifically cross-functional fitness. I think more than anything, this gets confused because mm-hmm. they think, well, I'm a great athlete, so I'll be a great coach. Or I'll never be a great coach because I'm not a great athlete. Those things are not those don't have to be exclusively true to one another. No. And frankly, probably the majority of the time they're not. Mm -hmm. 
I so I, I really think that that's a, a big piece of it is, is being able to look at level method and participate in it yourself and build that empathy for, for the connectedness. I, I think a lot of these elite athletes would, would really be surprised at what it is to have that member experience um, of, of sort of coming in and having that ego check. I think yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Super powerful stuff you've brought up. Like, thank you so much much it's Good. fun to have someone else on top of the same soapbox i like to stand on once yeah. in a while. <laughs> yeah. i'm not in it alone so thanks again for your time really appreciate it thank you listeners for uh listening to this episode of the legion chalk talk uh thank you to our guest sarah Giosi, and um we'll put her email in the show notes so that you can bug her and ask her questions uh and if you have enjoyed this hit that subscribe button, give us a rating. And uh, yeah, thanks to our, our sponsor, Level Method. If you want to know more about Level Method, look us up www.levelmethod.com or shoot me an email, scott at levelmethod.com. Happy to answer any of your questions. Thank you for listening.